Chapter forty eight of Astoria or Anecdotes of an Enterprise Beyond the Rocky Mountains by Washington Irving. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Spanish River Scenery Trail of Crow Indians A Snowstorm A Rousing Fire and a Buffalo Feast A Plain of Salt Climbing a Mountain Volcanic Summit Extinguished Crater Marine Shells Encampment on a Prairie successful hunting good cheer romantic scenery rocky defile foaming rapids the fiery narrows by sunrise on the following morning october nineteenth the travellers had loaded their old horse with buffalo meat sufficient for five days provisions and taking leave of their new allies the poor but hospitable snakes set forth in somewhat better spirits though the increasing cold of the weather and the sight of the snowy mountains which they had yet to traverse were enough to chill their very hearts the country along this branch of the spanish river as far as they could see was perfectly level bounded by ranges of lofty mountains both to the east and west they proceeded about three miles to the south where they came again upon the large trail of crow indians which they had crossed four days previously made no doubt by the same marauding band that had plundered the snakes and which according to the account of the latter was now encamped on a stream to the eastward the trail kept on to the southeast and was so well beaten by horse and foot that they supposed at least a hundred lodges had passed along it as it formed therefore a convenient highway and ran in a proper direction they turned into it and determined to keep along it as far as safety would permit as the crow encampment must be some distance off and it was not likely those savages would return upon their steps they travelled forward therefore all that day in the track of their dangerous predecessors which led them across mountain streams and long ridges and through narrow valleys all tending generally towards the southeast the wind blew coldly from the northeast with occasional flurries of snow which made them encamp early on the sheltered banks of a brook the two canadians valet and leclerc killed a young buffalo bull in the evening which was in good condition and afforded them a plentiful supply of fresh beef they loaded their spits therefore and crammed their camp kettle with meat and while the wind whistled and the snow whirled round them huddled around a rousing fire basked in its warmth and comforted both soul and body with a hearty and invigorating meal no enjoyments have greater zest than these snatched in the very midst of difficulty and danger and it is probable the poor way-worn and weather-beaten travellers relished these creature comforts the more highly from the surrounding desolation and the dangerous proximity of the crows the snow which had fallen in the night made it late in the morning before the party loaded their solitary pack-horse and resumed their march they had not gone far before the crow trace which they were following changed its direction and bore to the north of east they had already begun to feel themselves on dangerous ground in keeping along it as they might be descried by some scouts and spies of that race of ishmaelites whose predatory life required them to be constantly on the alert 
on seeing the trace turned so much to the north therefore they abandoned it and kept on their course to the southeast for eighteen miles through a beautifully undulating country having the main chain of mountains on the left and a considerably elevated ridge on the right here the mountain ridge which divides wind river from the headwaters of the columbia and spanish rivers ends abruptly and winding to the north of east becomes the dividing barrier between a branch of the big horn and cheyenne rivers and those headwaters which flow into the missouri below the sioux country the ridge which lay on the right of the travellers having now become very low they passed over it and came into a level plain about ten miles in circumference and encrusted to the depth of a foot or eighteen inches with salt as white as snow this is furnished by numerous salt springs of limpid water which are continually welling up overflowing their borders and forming beautiful crystallizations the indian tribes of the interior are excessively fond of this salt and repair to the valley to collect it but it is held in distaste by the tribes of the sea-coast who will eat nothing that has been cured or seasoned by it this evening they encamped on the banks of a small stream in the open prairie the northeast wind was keen and cutting they had nothing wherewith to make a fire but a scanty growth of sage or wormwood and were fain to wrap themselves up in their blankets and huddle themselves in their nests at an early hour in the course of the evening mr mcclellan who had now regained his strength killed a buffalo but it was some distance from the camp and they postponed supplying themselves from the carcass until the following morning the next day october twenty first the cold continued accompanied by snow they set forward on their bleak and toilsome way keeping to the east northeast towards the lofty summit of a mountain which it was necessary for them to cross before they reached its base they passed another large trail steering a little to the right of the point of the mountain this they presumed to have been made by another band of crows who had probably been hunting lower down on the spanish river the severity of the weather compelled them to encamp at the end of fifteen miles on the skirts of the mountain where they found sufficient dry aspen trees to supply them with fire but they sought in vain about the neighborhood for a spring or rill of water at daybreak they were up and on the march scrambling up the mountainside for the distance of eight painful miles from the casual hints given in the travelling memoranda of mr stuart this mountain would seem to offer a rich field of speculation for the geologist here was a plain three miles in diameter strewed with pumice stones and other volcanic relics with a lake in the centre occupying what had probably been the crater here were also in some places deposits of marine shells indicating that this mountain crest had at some remote period been below the waves after pausing to repose and to enjoy these grand but savage and awful scenes they began to descend the eastern side of the mountain the descent was rugged and romantic along deep ravines and defiles overhung with crags and cliffs among which they beheld numbers of asata or bighorn skipping fearlessly from rock to rock two of them they succeeded in bringing down with their rifles as they peered fearlessly from the brow of their airy precipices arriving at the foot of the mountain the travellers found a rill of water oozing out of the earth and resembling in look and taste the water of the missouri 
here they encamped for the night and supped sumptuously upon their mountain mutton which they found in good condition and extremely well tasted the morning was bright and intensely cold early in the day they came upon a stream running to the east between low hills of bluish earth strongly impregnated with copperas mr stewart supposed this to be one of the headwaters of the missouri and determined to follow its banks after a march of twenty-six miles however he arrived at the summit of a hill the prospect of which induced him to alter his intention he beheld in every direction south of east a vast plain bounded only by the horizon through which wandered the stream in question in a south southeast direction it could not therefore be a branch of the missouri he now gave up all idea of taking the stream for his guide and shaped his course towards a range of mountains in the east about sixty miles distant near which he hoped to find another stream the weather was now so severe and the hardships of travelling so great that he resolved to halt for the winter at the first eligible place that night they had to encamp on the open prairie near a scanty pool of water and without any wood to make a fire the northeast wind blew keenly across the naked waste and they were fain to decamp from their inhospitable bivouac before the dawn for two days they kept on in an eastward direction against wintry blasts and occasional snowstorms they suffered also from scarcity of water having occasionally to use melted snow this with the want of pasturage reduced their old pack-horse sadly they saw many tracks of buffalo and some few bulls which however got the wind of them and scampered off on the twenty sixth of october they steered east-northeast for a wooded ravine in a mountain at a small distance from the base of which to their great joy they discovered an abundant stream running between willowed banks here they halted for the night and ben jones having luckily trapped a beaver and killed two buffalo bulls they remained all the next day encamped feasting and reposing and allowing their jaded horse to rest from his labours the little stream on which they were encamped was one of the headwaters of the platte river which flows into the missouri it was in fact the northern fork or branch of that river though this the travellers did not discover until long afterwards pursuing the course of this stream for about twenty miles they came to where it forced a passage through a range of high hills covered with cedars into an extensive low country affording excellent pasture to numerous herds of buffalo here they killed three cows which were the first they had been able to get having hitherto had to content themselves with bull beef which at this season of the year is very poor the hump meat afforded them a repast fit for an epicure late on the afternoon of the thirtieth they came to where the stream now increased to a considerable size poured along in a ravine between precipices of red stone two hundred feet in height for some distance it dashed along over huge masses of rock with foaming violence as if exasperated by being compressed into so narrow a channel and at length leaped down a chasm that looked dark and frightful in the gathering twilight for a part of the next day the wild river in its capricious wanderings led them through a variety of striking scenes 
at one time they were upon high plains like platforms among the mountains with herds of buffaloes roaming about them at another among rude rocky defiles broken into cliffs and precipices where the black-tailed deer bounded off among the crags and the bighorn basked in the sunny brow of the precipice in the after part of the day they came to another scene surpassing in savage grandeur those already described they had been travelling for some distance through a pass of the mountains keeping parallel with the river as it roared along out of sight through a deep ravine sometimes their devious path approached the margin of cliffs below which the river foamed and boiled and whirled among the masses of rock that had fallen into its channel as they crept cautiously on leading their solitary pack-horse along these giddy heights they all at once came to where the river thundered down a succession of precipices throwing up clouds of spray and making a prodigious din and uproar the travellers remained for a time gazing with mingled awe and delight at this furious cataract to which mr stuart gave from the colour of the impending rocks the name of the fiery narrows End of chapter forty eight